Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, sooner or later, humans will embark on long-term missions into space or settle on other planets. So in such circumstances, is it possible, practical or ethical to have children there? Because chances are those kids might never be able to visit Earth. Erica Nesvold is an astrophysicist and the author of Off Earth, Ethical Questions and Quandaries for Living in Outer Space. Good afternoon, Erica. Hello. Is it even known whether it's possible to conceive in zero gravity or reduce gravity? No, and this is the first big question we'll really have to face. There have been a few animal trials uh, that have not provided very conclusive evidence, but obviously we haven't tried it with humans yet. Okay, and those animal trials, were there any, what, what did they experiment with, rats or mice or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But rats, mice, fish, frogs, and they, they never did a full, I think, uh, never fully to term in space, but they would do things like fertilize eggs in space and then see if they can uh, grow into proper frogs down on Earth. Okay, so w- was there some degree of success on that? Yes, about, I would say, uh, maybe half the trials seem to be promising and the other half were not promising. So still very mixed results. Okay, yeah. So, so just say, for the sake of argument, that it is possible to fertilize an egg. Uh, is there is there any knowledge about the development of that fetus in, and into a child, whether it would be different in, in zero or reduced gravity? There's certainly a lot of concerns because the space environment is extremely uh, harmful and harsh on adult humans. And so there's plenty of reasons to think it might also be harmful for a much more vulnerable developing fetus. And so that includes things like microgravity, like you say, uh, humans have evolved to develop in earth gravity. So less gravity might do things like uh, like damage the development of bone structures, for example. And then there's the radiation risk. So our atmosphere here on earth protects us from a lot of space radiation. That's not true when you go into space. And uh, obviously radiation can be very harmful for a developing fetus. Mm. Say though, it's on a, say, you know, we, we have a settlement on Mars for the sake of, uh, for the sake of argument and, and it's properly shielded from radiation, but obviously there's less gravity there. Does that, might we, if, if uh, humans were born there, might they be taller because there's less gravity? There is speculation, and you can see this in science fiction, like uh, like The Expanse is a great example of this. The idea that uh, humans that grew up outside of Earth's gravity with less gravity, maybe they'll get taller because they won't be as restricted by gravity. But there's also uh, speculation that that means that uh, like, if you're a child who is raised in, in Mars's gravity, that you might not be strong enough, your skeleton might not be strong enough to let you come back to Earth. Yeah. At the same time, though, for long-term uh, you know, if if we were to plan long term missions, and you know there has been speculation about these kind of intergenerational uh, mich- uh, missions, that might have to be addressed at some point. Yeah, certainly, if we want to get to a future, which many people do, where we have uh, sustainable, permanent settlements in space, well, besides knowing how to grow your own crops and recycle your water, you also have to learn how to replace your population. So this is a problem we'll have to solve eventually if we want to have permanent human habitation in space. Uh, At the moment, are there any space agencies talking about this? Not that I've seen. Most space agencies try to focus on the near future, uh, but there are certainly a lot of space settlement advocates outside of the National Space Agencies who are really arguing for uh, more of humanity's future in space. And there are people looking at these questions. Yeah. But on on that ethical point, um, that means, though, that if if you do have to take that into account, you can only really take and uh, that means the only people you can bring with me are uh, you can bring with you on these trips would be uh, would have to be fertile uh, and they'd have to be straight as well. 
Yeah, well, so if, if we solve the problem of, of we know that humans can reproduce the traditional way in space, then uh, we have to ask questions like, how do we maintain a stable and healthy population in a space settlement that's far away from Earth, which could easily lead into really murky ethical questions of how does that affect who you bring? Do you only select people who are willing and able to have children? That's going to rule out quite a bit of a very well-qualified population. What happens if someone becomes infertile or decides that they just don't want to have kids? Uh, are they going to have a lot of social pressures or even legal pressures in order to maintain a population? And we've seen that population control on Earth historically has led to a lot of unethical behavior. Yeah. Uh, and uh, plus also the children born in, in, in such circumstances never asked to be born in such circumstances. That's true, although I'll point out that none of us uh, asked <laughs> to be born where we were. And so <laughs> there true. are some uh, some interesting ethical questions, and you can look into similar ethical questions on Earth. If we raise children in space and then it turns out they can't come back to Earth, as I mentioned, for some, some health reasons, there's a question of is it ethical? Are we, are we somehow taking their birthright from them because they can't go back to the planet where they evolved? Or is it the same ethics as a human on Earth today? who is, uh, needs to become a refugee and take their children through very dangerous situations in order to, to give them a better future. Is it a similar ethical calculus there? Mm. Though I suppose, yeah, well, you, well, probably analogous to the extent that, you know, if, if you're existing in grinding poverty and you have the choice whether to have a child or not, uh, you might think maybe now isn't the best time to have a child. It's true. And so these are the kinds of ethical questions we have been exploring throughout human history and are still grappling with today that will just continue in space. Yeah. though, But I suppose the difference would be is that, is that largely no matter what the circumstances on, uh, on Earth, a person really effectively has the choice whether to have a child or not. But in some sort of space mission or some sort of settlement on, on another world, one guesses that would have to be regulated by a body or a state would say you're allowed to have children and you're not. It's certainly easy to imagine that kind of a future because a space settlement will be really living right on the edge of survival, especially in the early days. So they'll want to keep a good eye on their population, which could mean making sure the population doesn't get too big or making sure it doesn't get too small, which will raise all sorts of problems that, again, we've dealt with on Earth in terms of the conflict between a person's right to control their own body and decide whether they get pregnant or not versus the needs of the society and the pressures from that society. Yeah, you'd also need to uh, have, uh, um, I suppose, something to take into account, you would not get it too big, as you say, but you'd need enough people for there to be some sort of genetic diversity. So that's another question that can lead to a lot of ethical problems when it comes to selecting who we send to populate an initial space settlement. Um, if we want to make sure that we have a genetically healthy population, generally we know that the more genetic diversity, the better. But then if you start asking questions about, well, should we uh, should we screen out people with the history of genetic diseases? That's a really short road from that to eugenics. And so we need to pay attention to the kind of conversations that are happening around that. If, say, a child is born on Mars, if a child was born on Mars tomorrow, uh, where would that child be a citizen of? <laughs> That's a great question. So we have a little something called the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, which says, uh, for one thing, that countries can't appropriate territory in space. So Ireland can't go to the moon and say this is Irish territory. But if an Irish child was born on Mars or the moon, they uh, they would have to follow the laws of whoever launched them into space, whether that was Ireland or some other country. And so I think we'll generally keep following whatever laws a country has for when they have a citizen born abroad. But uh, these questions will get more interesting the more 
more people we have born in space. Yeah. Ed, one of our listeners says, there's been a mixed gendered crew on boards at the ISS for about 20 years now. I find it very hard to believe no one has ever had sex in space. Do we know? Has anyone ever had sex in space? Well, astronauts and NASA get asked this all the time. You won't be surprised to learn. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And uh, in particular, there was one uh, pair of astronauts who it turned out they had been married in secret before they launched. And so there was a lot of speculation about them and they've been hounded about it ever since. But uh, but NASA has kept their mouth shut and have denied any sort of behavior like that. And this is part of the problem that national space agencies had is they want to provide some kind of privacy and particularly health privacy to their astronauts. Yes, of course. It's kind of understandable, I suppose. Erica, thank you very much for uh, speaking with us today. That was Erica Nesvold there, uh, the author of Off Earth, Ethical Questions and Quandaries for Living in Outer Space. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.